Hi, I'm Fatima. I'm Brian, and you're listening to Millennial and Pregnant. As we begin our journey through our first pregnancy, we wanted to share our experience. We pre-recorded episodes for this close-ended series. Spoiler alert, it ends with us having a baby. And if you're looking to get pregnant, are pregnant, or just want to have a good laugh with us, then this podcast is for you. We understand that every pregnancy is unique and has its own story. Here's ours. So Fatima, how are you feeling this week? I'm feeling good. Um, just a little tired, <laughs> which is to be expected. Um, but other than that, I can't. I can't really complain. No, I know you've been dealing a lot with your acid reflux oh, lately. My. Okay, so I can complain. <laughs> uh, everything and anything makes me like have acid reflux it doesn't matter and I guess you know just that's just the nature of pregnancy it's pushing all your organs and your space you know the space that your stomach has to expand for acid and stuff it has nowhere to go so it just comes back right up. back up <laughs> so Brian laughs at me because I constantly am like burping and all this other stuff and so yeah it's been entertaining <laughs> for him but not so much for me I know um, it's just hard to that, I out. can't complain it's hard to figure out what we can make for dinner that won't affect. Yeah, I kind of, it's just everything. Just don't care. There are certain things that obviously will cause it more things with acid in it. Um, anything with red sauce or onion or red onions, I try and limit, but those are like my favorite things. So I'm not going to deprive myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'll just deal with the consequences afterwards. So this week we are going to talk about something really exciting. Um, we're going to talk about our 23andMe health and ancestry kit, which something that we wanted to do, you know, when we were found out that we were having a baby, we not only wanted to go into our ancestral backgrounds, but also learn what our kids may inherit from yeah. our DNA. Yeah, I think that was also, it was very important. I was talking about this actually with my siblings for a while because we were just, or, you know, you probably hate people hate to get that question so what are you but like sometimes you wonder okay like what is my like background I haven't I think your family or your uncle spends a lot of time tracing your ancestry and stuff all mm -hmm. the way back to France and um and I didn't you know we didn't no one really in our family had done that so we wanted to kind of do that tracing um and with these services it makes it a lot easier now Exactly. And, and when someone says, you know, what are you, you're not just your ancestry, you're mm -hmm. also the rest of your genetic makeup is mm -hmm. your traits and what you can pass down to your kids and, and stuff like that. So that for us wanting to know what our kids might have um, is what we were really, yeah, yeah, important. And so we went with 23andMe because um, their genetic health risk and carrier status reports meet FDA criteria for being scientifically and clinically valid. Um, their genotyping is well established. It has a reliable platform for analyzing the DNA. And their ancestry percentages are derived from powerful, well-tested system that provides us with ancestry estimates down to the 0.01%. It was so weird looking at the ancestry and seeing 0.01%, which is small, but it's still from those countries or regions that you're like, wow, that's, that's very interesting. So we're going to walk through all of the reports, areas um, that we got back, including our carrier status, genetic health risks, traits, wellness, and then ancestry. So we'll dive right into the carrier status. 
and the carrier status section is it basically it allows us to learn whether or not we have specific genetic variants that may not necessarily affect our health but could affect our children's health and so with carrier status a carrier means that we would carry one genetic variant for a specific condition they don't typically typically we wouldn't have that condition but this is something that would be passed down to our kids so if we were both carriers of something our kids have a 25 percent chance of having that genetic condition remember those genetic squares that you draw yeah. in and you know putting the the dominant and the recessive gene at the top and on the sides and then you know there's your 25 percent chance and some of these reports included cystic fibrosis sickle cell anemia and um different hereditary hearing loss um so was there anything in your carrier status that was surprising no i, I honestly no. and i think that we probably had a good handle our family over um like that you know the health part of our history health part. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of was expecting not to really be a carrier or detect anything, um, which was in line with the report that I got. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important though to note that like, even if you're part of your, you know, you haven't had, you're not pregnant yet and you are planning to become pregnant and you get these re- reports, obviously you should be talking to your healthcare provider and seeing like, what does that mean for my child? And what does, what can we do to better, um, prepare for it in case they do you know you have that increase we said 25 percent. it could be higher mm-hmm. have that increased risk of getting something so don't let this deter you and i think you know our report was like okay if we got it like it is what it is we're not we're going to see what happens mm-hmm. it wasn't going to stop us from having children but i think it's important that you talked to someone a professional about what these results mean mm-hmm. but for for me i didn't there was nothing that was detected at least for the ones that were listed in there as far right. as being carriers of it yeah and the same for me and and when we first got those reports and it's it was almost a little scary going into the carrier and then genetic health risk because you're like what could i possibly have and and they and they're testing for certain variants in 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 the DNA. So it's not necessarily 100% accurate. I want to say 100% accurate, but it's not necessarily a diagnosis mm-hmm. f- to have that or to be able to pass that down. But it was sort of relieving to see that what is, you know, out of the variants they tested that, you know, we weren't carriers. And that's just something good to know um, going into starting our family. So for our genetic health risks, this section um, let us learn whether or not we have specific genetic variants that can influence our risk for certain health conditions. So this is, again, they're not for diagnosis um, because factors like lifestyle, environment, genetic markers, they're not covered in the test, but they will play a role in whether or not um, you're susceptible to various genetic health risks. And some of these reports included celiac disease, late onset Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's disease. Um, so this, there this one probably scared me a little more than the other ones because like I think it was for the late um, onset Alzheimer's and Parkinson's they 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 gave you a warning which was nice you know the um, site gave you a warning like you know you open this report you know what does it mean and stuff like that just kind of like preparing you in case you do see hey you have a risk of this once again it doesn't mean I think they make it clear in the message it doesn't mean you're going to get it mm-hmm. but you have a higher risk of getting it and so um, it's all about knowledge is power. So if you, you know, 
you decide you, you want to open it, you want to know, then you could possibly, you know, you have a risk. So that means you can take steps um, mm-hmm. to lower that risk because as Brian mentioned before, there's so many other things that's going to factor in whether you're going to get this or not. Um, so, you know, I, I think that we both also were pleasantly surprised that like we didn't really nothing came up for 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 the risk and also doesn't mean that you necessarily are not going to get it right um so you know we take everything with a grain of salt but it's also just nice to know Mm -hmm. what i love about the app and and when you open up each report section it will tell you right away like variant not detected under each little report and you can click each one and learn more about it but for the ones that are detected it will show up in like a bluish color and when we got to this section that bluish color said like open report to read um, for more information before you actually could see whether or not you were a carrier or if you had like the health risk. So when we opened up the genetic health risk section and saw that blue text under Parkinson's, I was like, oh no. Um, But you know, you just had to read about it before they would tell you whether or not you had something detected. And I only had um, the AMD, which is the age related macular degeneration variant detected which is you know it sounded like yes that's a possibility because my grandmother has this um and it's it affects people older than 80 years old uh rarely diagnosed under the age of 50 um and this report had two different common variants associated with it and what they detected i was not at an increased risk for this um, you know, there is no cure, but like we saw in my grandmother, it can be slowed down. So she gets shots in her eyes. Um, I'm not sure the frequency of that, but, uh, to help slow down, um, the loss of her vision and she's 92 plus, well, four. she'll be 92 plus four. Yeah. She's, she's 96 years she's old. 96. So she's still going strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this was also common in European descent, which we'll get to in a little bit. But um, also lifestyle is a factor. Smoking. I'm not a smoker. My grandmother was a big smoker up until she was like 80 years old. Um, But also eating leafy veggies, citrus fruits, nuts, whole grains can help um, prevent this or slow it down. And then um, eating healthy fats, olive oil, and then minimizing saturated and trans fats are also important um, for this. So that was, you know, that was interesting to learn about, and it made sense because um, I did see it in my family. Yeah, so with the 23andMe, I think that these two reports were probably the the most stressful and yeah. less fun reports that you can get from here, but it definitely was probably also one of the most useful reports mm-hmm. that you can get as well. Um, but I think the, the next ones will be a little more exciting, such <laughs> as like the traits and ancestry and wellness reports I found to be really interesting to read, mm-hmm. read up on. And it was so interesting that when we got these boxes, there was this little tube in there and you just had to spit in this tube and we had to fill up the tube with saliva and it felt like it was so hard. I know. Brian, Brian had to like. I had to pause. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, I was fine with Because you couldn't it. drink water. But I, in my head, I'm like, watch, I'm going to screw this up. Like, because they're like, you have to make sure it goes to this line. And then, you know, I'm reading the directions so carefully because I'm like, 
it only said like three percent of the time that they're not able to find anything and i'm like i'm gonna be that three percent I, I, I just know i'm gonna be three percent so i was happy when it came back that they actually were able to get something from my saliva yeah and then when you got to that line you're like do the bubbles in there count as the line yeah or is it so only i, I over fluid? i just overspit. <laughs> I, I overachieved on that one it was fun um but yeah so the traits this part was was kind of fun and these are the, the things that you know about that you see about yourself that maybe you feel about yourself um they're the genetics behind your appearance and your senses they're things that again you already know about yourself your hair color taste smell facial features so this was kind of fun did you have anything here um that surprised you or that was it was funny i guess it also just confirms that this how accurate and how much your dna can really tell you about someone and Mm -hmm. when you're watching like law and order or something like that and they're you know they're doing the dna stuff and they can tell you what you know what makes up this person is kind of cool that like now you can see i mean i always believe that you could do this through science but it's just cool to see this in the report Mm -hmm. i mean everything was pretty spot on you know no freckles dark eye color the weird one was like the airwax type Mm. like whether it was likely to be wet um, earwax I thought that was interesting I'm like so now every time I clean out my ears I'm like is this wet or is this dry like what's happening um, whether newborn hair amount whether you're gonna have likely a baby with hair or no hair I said it was likely little baby hair and I had that too <laughs> um, red hair so maybe we'll I know baby hair and um, acid reflux has a thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> or that's, superstition. Yeah, that's a um, old wise tale. Oh my god, I say that, housewives tale. Uh, old wise tale <laughs> old about wise if you have if you get a lot of acid reflux, then your baby has a lot of hair. So we'll find out. I mean, it might be a combination of hair, but it's also because your your stomach has no no room to. It's pretty much expand. next to your lungs at this point. Um, another funny one was the toe length ratio and whether you're likely your big toe was longer. I know. I don't even know if I know anyone whose big toe is shorter. Um, whether mm. you have a unibrow, no, or uh, widow, widow, widow's peak, mm-hmm. which I had no. It just, once again, just confirming. So all my treats. I, I would have would have been a big red flag if they said likely to have red hair. Right. right. <laughs> then I was like, ooh, then our kid would have red hair. If, like I had some type of trait, even though I got dark hair, mm-hmm. and Brian has you know a reddish tint, that if I also was likely to have red hair, mm-hmm. our kid would be... Um, a redheaded Annie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Or but... sorry, Annie is redheaded, so a uh, black Annie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know, like the lot, like the freckles one. I was like, I had likely a lot of freckles. Well, duh. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then red hair was interesting. It said likely no red hair, which I don't have really red ha- like hair on top of my head, but like my beard will come out, and it will. You'll see a lot of the red there. So it was interesting that it said likely no red hair. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting, it said that when it, for the sweet and salty taste, it said that I liked salty foods, but I have such a sweet tooth. So I wonder how that, it said I preferred salty food over sweet food, um, which is not necessarily true, but, um, I thought that was interesting difference in, you know, what they could tell from my genetics versus what I actually, you know, do have Mm -hmm. a taste for, um, but then our wellness kind of played into the the traits a little bit. Um, so the wellness section is it's looking at your DNA and how it how your DNA affects your body's response to diet, exercise, sleep, 
And some of these reports include deep sleep, lactose intolerance, and genetic weight. And so some of these actually a little su- surprised me um, with like the lactose intolerant. Like I said, it's a la- likely to be tolerant, which I'm not at all. Um, <laughs> but then again, I'm, I'm thinking about my siblings and stuff like that. And not all of them are like me. So once again, taking this with a grain of salt, although I'm likely not to have it, somehow I still um, received it. I was really proud of like they do this muscle composition wellness report. Um, and so a lot of my muscle composition was common in elite power athlete, athletes. So, And um, I was I'm not. Think, yeah, and, he's, and <laughs> so. Brian's not. But if you see us out in the field playing a game, Brian's definitely going to probably beat me in it. However, I think it just means that if I just would have put a little more effort into it, I probably would beat him. And I'd probably be a much better athlete. You could have been an Olympic than, athlete. Exactly. When I, used to, when I ran in college or in high school, no, I was pretty good if I would have just kept up with it. Maybe maybe I could have been in the Olympics. I just mm-hmm. didn't have that. Had I known this report before, I would have been like, I was given a step up <laughs> to, <laughs> I was given an advantage to be an athlete and I should have taken it. So, you know, lesson learned. I should have done this report a lot sooner. <laughs> um, and then the other one that I just found was funny was like just the sleep movement or mm. and, and the deep sleep. I was likely to move more than average Um which is very true. Very, especially I mean, now. Especially now, just because you're just trying to get factor, comfortable. But. but I normally do. I do move around a lot in my sleep, and like likely to not go into a deep sleep. Which it's true. Like anything would really mm-hmm. wake wake me up from from my sleep. I've never, except one time back in college, um, where I did not wait. It took me forever to wake up from a fire alarm. But other than that, like I'm, you know, I'm pretty spot on with waking up with with mm-hmm. noises i don't really go into deep deep sleeps i know and then i also did, wasn't a deep sleeper however my sleep movement was very little movement which i think is true i i'm not a light sleeper but i'm definitely not a deep sleeper but i could probably sleep through things like fire alarms in our residence hall just as long college. as he doesn't sleep through the baby crying i'm good <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then yeah and then sleep movement little movement i could probably sleep in the same position all night mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. unless i get up if i'm warm but um another thing i thought was funny was the caffeine consumption and it said likely to consume more caffeine yeah <laughs> which is very accurate yeah um now and then um oh my gosh and so this is the i guess the fun part um the ancestry section this was it has there was so much information in the ancestry section talks about the different countries your the generations how you're you know all the different um variants in in your traits and all throughout the generations which was really cool and so with this section um it can go back to you're looking at you know, you can go back to more than a thousand years ago, up to thirty, sixty thousand years ago, um, and so this is where you're going to discover the story of your ancient ancestors, origins, ancestral background, and right now they cover 150 regional regions worldwide. Um, you can trace back to specific groups of individuals, so your haplogroups, and then um, you can also see how certain populations were passed down through the generations which is really cool so what really surprised you Fatima in this or was there any surprise 
Well, what I really love about this report is that it shows you, it lights up the map for you to let you know what, like how many areas around the world you're actually in. And my map was lit up. <laughs> it, like everywhere except for... Um, Australia. Australia. And what is that? I'm I think really the, and that's like the Middle East. In the middle. And, and like South Asia. Yeah. But other than that, I had a, you know, a piece of me was pretty much everywhere, which is really cool. And it's kind of what I've gotten. I, and I, you know, I, I always hated that question too. And I, I, you know, I knew that my family wasn't a hundred percent of anything. Um, but I couldn't say, oh, my mom is a hundred percent this and my dad's hundred that, that. So that makes me half and half of this. I just knew that we, you know, we had a lot of different backgrounds and, you know, we had cousins and, um, you know, with blue eyes and, and dark hair and, you know, you knew that there was some type of like mixture and, and stuff and all around in our family. So I was expecting, I was really expecting to really be, you know, having the map lit up as much as it, <laughs> as much as it did. And just getting, you know, that annoying question of what are you? I'm human. But I guess like, where's your, you know, where's your ancestry um, background? Um, so, you know, a majority of it was in, you know, uh, the sub Saharan um, African um that was majority but i had you know european in there british and irish um east asian native american western asian um north africa and it was really weird because i have an unassigned piece that i guess having 1.4 percent which i guess they weren't able to like exactly pinpoint um however we did get a notification that they have been updating or mm-hmm. they will be updating this so maybe they they discovered discovered what that yeah that additional 1.4% was mm-hmm. but this was not this was not surprising to me it actually just kind of solidified what i thought before in that you know you know we have a you know what makes up me is a lot of different different things and this is actually it was really cool to see mhm but Brian, on the other hand, <laughs> also not surprising <laughs> that I am the whitest person ever. Yes, because <laughs> I yep. came in at a hundred percent European. Yep, which we knew. Yep, um, because my at least my great grandmother was born in Scotland. My grandmother, my um, my dad's mother, is her side is English, and then my dad's father's side is French, and then my mom's dad's side um is also somewhere in europe whether it be scottish irish polish so well didn't you think something was surprising because your dad thought that there was a portion of your his dad that was native american American. (laughs) that's a stupid story he thought in our family like one of those he really thought so generations ago um you know our ancestors from when they came over from france there was may have been um somehow native american got into uh our family which yeah, is some, like somehow. somehow i don't know how um i which i don't because they all tan. Your dad, yeah we, your like, dad has a so very stupid. like all no but he has a very olive complexion not he does that, i guess you know there's some could be region, the scandinavian there's some regions of europe would have like a very olive complexion but right. he does have like you know some uh, the marquee side there's a lot of you know especially your dad for whatever mm-hmm. reason he gets very an, a very olive complexion so yeah that's kind of <laughs> what the reason why he thought and probably other <laughs> t- talks and stories and 
and whatnot. But, I know. Um, it was funny. Um, but that so then we kind of proved that that was not really that was not true. That was not true unless my um, point. What was it? Point. So, you know, Brian lies to you. It's not 100 percent. It's ninety nine percent European. No, but like you have you have don't you have a no. unassigned? No, I really thought you had one. OK, no, I'm 100 percent Europe. Um, I thought you had an unassigned. Piece. I thought so, too. But I think because they've been updating it, okay. I think it changed a little bit. Okay. See, oh, they added Poland. See that? That's oh, new. Okay. Yeah. That is. This is some breaking news, people. <laughs> we have some breaking news. I haven't looked at this in like a week or so. Um, it now says Poland, and it says, and look at that. It says British and Irish. So, in my hundred percent, I am sixty-one percent British and Irish, but underneath that, they say Ireland. So I think that means yeah, Irish, mostly Irish. Oh, yeah, from the Celtic, Saxon, and Viking ancestors. It was funny. I was reading something. You know when we're talking about red hair? That um, if you have, if you don't have red hair on top of your head, but you have red hair come, that comes through in your beard, you are likely a descendant from the Nordic people, the Vikings, which is so interesting. So, yeah, I'm 61% British and Irish, and they put Ireland, and then the Eastern Europe, Poland, 6%, which was my mom's father's side. Yeah. So that's that's his breaking news. <laughs> All new information. You thought that too. You're like Polish. Like yeah, I was like, "Where's the Polish?" And I thought that was the Eastern European. But yeah, there was there was like a point one percent or point oh one percent unassigned, and it's no longer unassigned, which is really cool. Um, so uh, another part of this, which is really interesting, is the maternal and the paternal haplogroups. And so this is basically everyone is traced back to Eastern Africa, and it was really cool to see how your the group that you're assigned to, how they kind of traveled around the world. Um, so on my maternal haplogroup haplo side, they went from Eastern Africa to the Arabian Peninsula, through the Middle East, and then to Europe, which is cool. So they can trace that about 15,000 years ago. But then on my the paternal side, they can trace it. It's similar uh, migration pattern with the maternal group, um, but they can go back 30,000 years ago. So that was really interesting because it, it all shows that we all came from this one part in Africa and how, you know, looking at Fatima's groups and looking at my groups, how hers kind of stayed in Africa for the majority of the time, whereas, you know, my haplogroups kind of started to descend outwards into South, you know, whether it be Southeastern Asia um, or Southwestern Asia and then, you know, into Europe. So that, that was really cool. This was such an interesting and fun thing to do to yeah. learn about us. Yeah, and, and now you you know, you're able to give this to your kids and they can figure figure it out. I mean, you know, I don't I don't know what their suggestion is of like the kids I guess for the wellness reports and stuff, they can they'll, mm -hmm. they'll you know, that'll be a benefit for them to do again, but at least they know kind of like their genetic makeup and mm -hmm. you know, and and it's really important to with us being a mixed couple and for our children to really know both sides you know whether society wants to say that they're either black or they're white or they're mixed or whatever it is they can understand the background of like both their parents and this mm -hmm. is what makes them up um so i think it's important for their own um identity purposes to right. know like who am i like what makes what makes me me mm -hmm. and it was so cool at least in um some of the reports if you can send so if you have your parents do it and then you set it up like these are my parents and with their genetic results it will break down 
which traits you got from your parents, which I think was really cool. And I might mm-hmm. ask, I might ask my parents to do this. Yeah, it could which be kind of cool. Like, it could be a good Father's Day or Mother's Day gift. Yeah, and then have and then have my sister do it um, too to see like you know what traits she got because you we look at each other and we're like, oh, like you look like Dad more. Mm-hmm. You look like I, you know, I'm told <laughs> I look more like my mom and my dad. Um, and then like the different traits that that come into play but um it was it was so cool and so interesting and i would totally recommend this um to anyone looking to learn more about their ancestry but also take a look at their at their health reports and they have a few more health things that they're getting um added and they're always constantly adding to it and the reports only get more um accurate when more people do this so it's it's really interesting uh, definitely check out our blog post on our 23andMe experience for just more information we'll go into um, and we'll try to screenshot those world maps since, since Fatima is like lit up like a Christmas tree mm-hmm. and mine is just Europe. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that though. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, you know, thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Millennial and Pregnant. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. To follow our journey in real time, head over to liliesandloafers.com. Millennial and Pregnant.